His concern as the wine runs out suggests that she is not a guest without connection, but more that of a family or close friend who is keen to ensure that all goes well with the wedding and that the honour and generosity of the wedding family is not dashed or diminished by the lack of wine provision for the guests. This wedding, I have to say, and its concerns reminds me of the joy as a priest I have had. I love walking with wedding couples. As they prepare for their marriage, it's always such a privilege, and they are all very different. It's a journey of faith. Often the couple come forward and spend time intentionally considering not only the event, but also how their faith informs their married life that they intend to share together. It's also the occasion in which the family and friends step forward and commit to support the couple. A commitment made through the presence of the event, not just to honour, but to participate in their journey of faith with one another. As you know, some couples plan down to the very last minute their service and festivities. Others have a more laissez-faire approach. Others still might have dominant family and friends, you know, who drive the details. The jokes of mother-in-laws to be are obviously abandoned. The best man, always mischievous, and the chief bridesmaid, the detail planner. And today there is, of course, the wedding planner, who takes things to a whole new level. <laughs> Each of these are significant, with a part for the event, rather than for the long-term marriage of the couple. Yet core to this story is the desire to serve the wider community. The guests, the friends, and un are unlike and unknown details of the wedding couple, who were at the centre of the festivities, but scarcely feature in the passage. However, it is apparent that the wedding couple and their family have, uh, including the wedding banquet master, the, let's just put him down as wedding planner, will have planned for the event all ably executed with the support of servants that we hear mentioned. The reference to the six stone water jars reveal the level of preparation provided to hold the water used in the cleansing rituals by the guests. Just to put it in context, imagine six extra large weaving bins filled with water, not a small amount of taking, and showing clear consideration and generous provision for the guests. Indeed, the provision of water, a precious resource gathered for all, is a gift in its own right. We know only too well the plight of countries who have too little or too much water and the difficulty it brings. Indeed, it reminds me of my short time many years ago in a small leper colony in India in which the well of the water had dried up in the drought and they went daily with a cattle-drawn wooden cart to the nearest supply of water for their community. Each drop never wasted, yet was always the first thing offered to any visitor, even if it meant that they would go without. In similar places, such as in Cana, the hill up from the lake, water would have been collected for use, each drop reflecting consideration and collected in anticipation of those who might need its use. However, of course, it seems that something went wrong with the calculations and there was a shortage in the supply of the wine for the wedding guests, even with the master of the banquet present. And in this moment, we see Mary not as meek and mild or obedient woman, as we might have learned from previous readings, 
especially those where she learned to be the mother of Jesus or her encounter with the Magi. In this moment, we see her role in which she takes the lead, the initiative, and asks Jesus to intercede and act. The duty and role perhaps giving her the strength and belief that she might reasonably be able to exercise influence and call her son to assist, not just as a family member, but someone who might not be able to deny her authority. A woman of commitment and determination, exposing Mary's deeper knowledge of Jesus' gifts and capacity, she squares up to her 30-year-old son to sustain the wedding and part of the wedding party, and said simply, they have no more wine. It seems that without the wine coursing through the guests' bodies, sating their thirst, the festivities would draw to an abrupt end. The reason for the gathering would be hindered without the lifeblood of the wine to sustain it. Well, for those of us who have watched and been part of lives where children have grown from baby, toddler, child, teenager to adult, there have been occasions when we too might have had to reevaluate our relationships with them. Resetting our expectations as they become adults, fully fledged and flourishing independently, exercising their gifts and blessings in new ways as they are able, including the gift to say no. But in this vignette, we're provided with an insight into the relationship between the mother, Mary, and her child. Of course, it's evolved. It's accepted by our logical minds. We recognize that Mary had spoken to her child. However, it is not the child which responds, but an adult, still her son, but now something other. Jesus has been blessed by the Holy Spirit, baptized with John, and acknowledged by the disciple, and he responds. Why do you involve me? He asks. My time has not yet come. Well, the journey in John's Gospel gathers momentum from the beginning narratives of the first chapter of In the Beginning Was the Word to the introduction of Jesus and his baptism. And we hear through their discourse that the time for what will be is not yet. It's too soon. Providing a lens that perhaps Mary's request is not necessarily part of the wider story of redemption. For it appears to be primarily a request which seeks to utilize the gift of Jesus for something other than was intended, a local and personal event, a wedding banquet of a family or friend. Well, recentering ourselves in the moment, the reality of the faith of the wedding couple and the banquet appears to be solely an affirmation of the wedding couple's future to be that of surrounded by family and friends, yet Jesus chooses to act and inhabits the role of director. Just as his mother suggested, he directs the servants who are compliant and obedient to Mary, and they follow Jesus' instructions, filling the water jars to the brim, and they draw the wine for the master of the banquet. Such a simple act. View obviously one which has been well rehearsed, given the wine has all been drunk previously. The means of sustaining the guests is provided, a miracle on this special occasion, a lifesaver for all involved in the provision of the wedding, perhaps. Unshaken by the substantial change from water into wine, but significant enough in the first instance as the master of the banquet tasted and is inspired, he seeks out the bridegroom, 
keen to know why the change in the normal order, why the best wine has been kept to last. The reading gives us no further details about the bridegroom or how he reacts. The story shared that it was enough to bring it to his attention, to receive the accolade from the master of the banquet, a direct result of Jesus' miracle and Mary's request. <clears throat> Yet this was an upending of common practice, and those drinking would invariably become vulnerable normally, with their taste buds and mental capacity dulled before the cheap wine was gifted to them normally by their servant, their hosts. <coughs> In this simple but miraculous moment, this practice has been transformed. Not only has disaster been averted, but rather the situation has been restored to glory, and all can continue to celebrate with the new wine miraculously provided. <coughs> Reflecting a later events to come that would be at the heart of the Thanksgiving gathering in the upper room, in which Jesus would ask the disciples to break bread and drink wine in memory of him. Not this time, but in time yet to come. The future wine, the blood of the new covenant shed for us all and for our salvation. Yet what of the guests, the drinkers of the wine, who received this first gift? What of them? Well, we know that some of them were disciples, and that this first sign of Jesus' glory revealed impacts them. It states simply that they believed in him. We do not know if the other guests simply believed in him, although we can be fairly sure that Mary and the servants, having witnessed the events, were left with little doubt if they'd had any previously anyway. And what of us and our part as witnesses today to this miracle? The water transformed into wine passage provides us not only with a reflective consideration, but in this time of greater awareness of our earthly home, we cannot fail to miss the sense of responsibility shared with Mary. For we too are hosts, providers for those we meet in our homes and our churches, in many places in our communities. We are challenged to care for the planet, not by negligence, but with wisdom and care, using its resources well and sharing what we have and our blessings with each other. Yet we need to consider carefully how we allocate rights to such core resources, ensuring that it might be shared, facilitating redistribution for the wider community of all. Such diligence will help us to avoid repeating disasters such as those that have happened where water was diverted in Russia from the cotton to the cotton fields, leaving source communities' lakes empty with no lifeblood, the living provision for the people and the animals gone. In such situations, I would suggest we are called as Mary to be more than observers, to be transforming agents of Jesus to help sustain lives. Ours is not the place of silent witness, but rather as an echo of his first miracle to speak aloud on such matters. Neither child, adult, or servant, but like the first disciples who witnessed water transformed into wine, to use that which we have, both of ourselves and materially, to make a difference to the sustaining of the world, to become generous life changers with those who we meet. As we come before God today, each of us invited to his table to receive the wine of the new covenant, transforming all to a new life. We are no longer, we no longer hold the post of mere witnesses, 
had rather have become full participants in the ultimate wedding banquet. As followers, disciples, and guests, sharers of the wine, not the dregs of the bottle, but in its freshness through which we are always transformed. Unlike Mary, we are blessed with that the time has come. Jesus is now. <clears throat> that the invitation extended to participate in that community <coughs> is for each of us. And that the unending supply of wine has already been miraculously transformed by the sustaining blood of Christ himself. For this passage not only provides a snapshot of what was, but also indicates what will be. As water became wine, so the wine became the blood of salvation, which led to new invitations for each of us to join Jesus with him in the heavenly banquet.